You're listening to another episode of the Beulah Girl podcast. For links, related resources, and even more encouragement, visit BeulahGirl.com. Hi, friend. Thanks so much for tuning in. I'm Carol Whitaker, and this is the Beulah Girl podcast. If you are brand new to the podcast or you are a recent follower, we're so glad that you've chosen to tune in. We are a podcast coming out of BeulahGirl.com, which is a site devoted to helping women find their identity in Christ. All of the articles and podcast episodes that we do are written according to biblical principles. If you've never been to our site before, we encourage you to jump on over there. For most of the podcasts we do, we do include a full-length article that goes with it. It's helped sometimes just to read that over if you want to go back over a point that maybe you missed or look at a scripture reference that we mentioned, all of that is on there for you. You can also become a follower of ours on social media, or you can simply, if you just want the podcast only, can follow us on SoundCloud. Last month, I did a series on calling, and I talked about being bold in the person God has called you to be. Also, talked a little bit about the, the fear sometimes we'll have walking into our calling and also just persevering in our calling and just talked in general terms about what calling is according to a biblical definition. So I encourage you to check out the, that particular series. For this month, I want to do something a little different. And again, if you're tuning in for the first time, our podcast is what I call an almost weekly podcast. I do a few episodes per month. Last week I did take off, but this month we'll be starting a series on something that's been on my heart for a while, and that is motherhood. I always pray over the topics for each month, and this was a topic that came up for this particular month. I know we're about to move into Easter, and so a lot of people are doing you know, the Easter-themed messages, and that's great, but I will be continuing unless God changes my mind in some way or puts something else in my heart. I will be continuing on even next week with this theme of motherhood and just some lessons and mess, you know, mess, a message that God has kind of impressed upon me. And, um, I'd like to share that with you also often with podcasts. What I do is, you know, I'll give a scripture and then I'll pull a couple lessons from it, maybe three points or so. This one, I do want to veer from that a little in that I'll just be sharing a little bit about my experience right now as I'm in the trenches of motherhood. I'm a stay-at-home mom. I have been for eight years, which I'll get to in a minute. So I just want to tell you a little bit about what my experience with that has been so far, and then just tell you a little bit about how God has been encouraging me in my particular season as I am raising, you know, my three kids. Um, They are ages 10 and under, and um, as I'll get to in a minute, I do have a husband. He's here too, but he's often gone with his job. And so it does kind of feel at times like I'm a single mom. And so I'm in the trenches y'all. And so this isn't a message of, I have it all figured out and I know everything. This is a message of, this is my current season. This is some of the struggles I'm experiencing and how God has been encouraging me in that. And hopefully you'll find some encouragement in that as well. And what I'll be focusing on in this message is, why as a stay-at-home mom, you know, we have value and what you can tell yourself in those times 
when you feel like what you do isn't important. Um, Stay-at-home mom, being a stay-at-home mom, or even if you are a mom who works outside the home, this can, you know, certainly be a message that speaks to you as well. But I'm, you know, kind of aiming it towards a stay-at-home mom because that's my experience. But being a mom is just a hard, tough job. And particularly with being a stay-at-home mom, it can feel often like no one notices you, like the things you do have no value. You can get to the end of your day and, you know, wonder what it was you accomplished because, you know, you might have done a load of laundry and, a, you know, a load in the dishwasher and changed a bunch of diapers. But other than that, you know, you have nothing you can really point to as far as, you know, I finished this particular project or I, you know, earned this award for this, you know, it's not as cut and dry as maybe if you're in a job situation and you have people who are patting you on the back. And, and of course there's different stresses with that. And I've done both. I've worked, I worked when I had just one and now I'm home now that I have three, but, um, particularly with stay-at-home moms, I think we can very much struggle with wondering, okay, what is it I do every day and why do I do this and do I have any value? So just to tell you a little bit about my own story, I've shared a lot of pieces of this story in previous episodes, so you may know a little bit of this already, but eight years ago, I left my career as a high school English teacher to become a stay-at-home mom. And honestly, when I left my career, I did not think that I was going to be a stay-at-home mom for long. Like that wasn't even a term that I would have even, I wouldn't even really even use that term to describe myself. Um, I felt a nudging before I left teaching. I knew that God told told me, um, as I shared during my, my series on calling, I was just sitting in a church service one day and I felt a very distinct impression that God wanted me to go down a different path. And honestly, at first, when I got that impression, I thought, is that really God? Am I even hearing from him? And I completely brushed it off, but it just kept on getting stronger and stronger. I shared it with my husband. He wasn't very excited about the idea because we lived a very cushy lifestyle on two incomes. And so initially I thought, okay, I just heard wrong. And I, I just said, no, I didn't even hear that. I'm not supposed to leave my job. But then it just kept coming up. And so I, I kept on bringing up my husband. He finally said, okay, work one more year and then you, you can stay at home. And so I, you know, stayed on for one more year of teaching. And it was that year that we were actually trying to get pregnant before I even decided to step away from teaching. And it was that year that I decided would be my last one where I got pregnant with my son. And it just kind of made sense that with two, that I would maybe spend a little time at home. But my initial plan when I left, my initial plan was that I would stay at home for a short time and then jump into working outside the home. So I knew God was calling me to a new direction. I didn't know all that it entailed. I knew that it was had something to do with music ministry. And so I didn't know what that looked like and didn't know how long that would take to get off the ground. So I figured I'll do something part-time while I'm trying to work that out. I will do some editing part-time um, or I will maybe even be a teacher part-time. Like I wasn't sure, but my initial thought was this whole stay at home thing is going to be very short and it's just going to be until I jump into the next thing. 
I had no idea that I would be stepping away from working outside the home for eight years and counting. I had no idea. It was just one of the many surprises I encountered when I left my career. So the thing was, was I was a little naive about what it was going to be like to have multiple children. And I also assumed before I had my son that my son was going to be a ba- an easy baby like my daughter had been. So when I was working, I had one and my daughter was a very easy baby. In fact, when other people would tell me their horror stories about their children, I honestly kind of smugly thought that maybe they were doing something wrong because our child was very easy. It wasn't an easy birth. It wasn't a real easy pregnancy, but she was an easy baby. She slept through the night fairly quickly. She didn't cry a lot or require a lot. She was just pretty even-tempered. She hit all of her milestones according to the book. Um, I went back to work when she was six weeks old and the transition was very smooth. I had a woman from the church watching her. So I assumed having a second one is going to be the same way. I got this. It's not going to be that big of a deal. Well, I had my son and he was a completely different child. First of all, he had, he had colic. So he cried all the time and it took me about six weeks to even find a formula. I was formula feeding him, um, a formula that even would work for him where he wouldn't scream all day long. And I had a difficult time getting him to sleep at night, a difficult time getting him on a nap schedule. Um, he had acid reflux, so he spit up. And so I had to change his outfits um, continually throughout the day. When he first came home from the hospital, he had such a bad diaper rash because um, he had very sensitive skin that he he was bleeding. I had to get a special prescription diaper cream from my doctor's office for him. And it required special, you know, like I had to wash the area with soap and water um, for two weeks and then apply this cream. And I mean, it was a few weeks before I saw any improvement. It was so awful. And with the crying and with not sleeping. And then I had a toddler home with me as well. So I had a two-year-old and so he wasn't sleeping at night. And then my two-year-old, I had her both kids during the day. And I was a very stressed out mama. And I remember a few weeks after leaving teaching where I stood in the bathroom and I had a realization where I know some of you are going to laugh at this, but when I left teaching, I did what I had always done from the time that I was a teenager in that when I got up, I took a shower, I straightened my hair, drew, you know, I blew it dry, straightened it, put on makeup, found something to wear, and I was ready for the day. Well, obviously with, with being home with a newborn and a toddler, I would get up and feed the kids because they were up at, you know, like 6 a.m. But then after that, I was ready. Okay, now's my time to take a shower. So I would have my son in a in the bouncer in the bathroom with me. And then my daughter, sometimes I would have her, you know, trying to work on a little activity or something, maybe coloring while I was in there. But what was happening was I was trying to take a shower, trying to get myself just makeup on something that would take, you know, shower, everything, 40 minutes to an hour. I I literally could not get through that routine. My son would cry in his bouncer. My daughter would pull on me. And I, I just remember standing in front of the mirror 
and and realizing that I can't even do this. Like I can't even take a shower in the morning unless I get up at four in the morning, which wasn't going to happen. And I suddenly just had this epiphany that I was going to have to change that routine around and that a lot of the moms I had seen in Target, that I had judged them because they were wearing frumpy clothes and they didn't have makeup on and their hair looked like it hadn't been done in a really long time. And I, I just couldn't even believe that they had let themselves go to that extent. But what I didn't understand as a working mom, and working moms have other challenges, having no time, having to leave work for sick kids and feeling stressed out about telling bosses about that, having constant pressure of, you know, keeping, you know, the demands of a professional career while also trying to be a good mom. I mean, there's so many demands with that. But what I didn't realize when I was working as a mom and looking down at stay-at-home moms is that I didn't realize just the daily wear and tear of small children being around you all the time where you never have a second to yourself. And also just the reality that these moms hadn't just decided, well, I'm just going to let myself go. I mean, they literally didn't have a second in their day where a baby wasn't crying. A baby didn't need a diaper change. A load of laundry didn't need to be done. A bed didn't need to be cleaned because of a diaper accident. Um, You know, a toddler didn't need uh, attention or something didn't need to be wiped off the floor. I mean, it just dawned on me that, wow, these, these women are looking like this because they literally just can't wear normal clothes right now because they're going to get absolutely ruined or they don't have a spare second. And it was in that moment that I realized I was going to have to change. I couldn't be this, you know, I couldn't wear those nice clothes every day anymore. I wasn't going to be able to get up and take a shower and straighten my hair. I mean, I started wearing sweats and t-shirts at home. And then in the afternoon when my kids would both be taking a nap in the afternoon, I would take a shower then and get ready um, and try to look somewhat presentable before my husband would come home. But sometimes that didn't even happen. I mean, sometimes I was just wearing sweats all day. And I started just wearing actual, what I call real clothes, you know, like jeans and a shirt um, to the grocery store, to church. There were only maybe two days in my, in my week to the, you know, that I would actually be wearing something other than stretchy pants and a t-shirt because there was just, I couldn't, you know, I couldn't, um, I didn't have time to really get a really nice outfit on without feeling like, you know, without my kids screaming and, and needing me. And it just wasn't practical. My son would spit up on me. He had acid reflux. So he was spitting up all day and it, it was just wasn't working. And so this was, I know some of your listening is thinking, okay, that's not that big of a deal, but it was a major concession for me at the time to let that go. And there were a lot of other concessions. We went from being on a cushy two income salary to being on one income. And I had to make a lot of adjustments. I started shopping at a discount grocery store. I started scouring consignment sales for kids clothes. We couldn't just go to Target anymore and just buy all the latest fashions. Um, I had to really buy, you know, as cheaply as I could. And I had to let go of my expensive hair salon haircuts and go to Great Clips and start coloring my own hair, you know, with color out of a box from Walmart. 
my pedicures, I could only get those instead of twice a, a month. I had to drop down to once a month for those. Um, I didn't even, whereas I had a clothes budget when I was working, like I literally could buy clothes every month if I wanted to. I did not have a clothes budget anymore. My kids always needed clothes. So I would just buy things when I absolutely, out of absolute necessity, when I just absolutely had to, which was about once a year, honestly. And, you know, there were all these sacrifices that I made, not only with money, but just with time. I always had to be at home. I couldn't just run out and go have coffee with a friend or meet, you know, someone to go do something. I mean, I always had my kids with me and every outing was a major endeavor with diaper bags and, and bottles and sippy cups and diaper wipes and all those things. So all of these sacrifices hurt quite a bit, but what hurt the most was feeling that maybe all the sacrifices that I made in leaving my job in this frugal lifestyle were for nothing. There were times that I just felt like I had no value and Honestly, I wondered at times if being at home was preventing me from other things that were important. Not that I didn't think that it was important to look after the house or look after my kids, but I didn't realize that all the time I would be spending on that would prevent me from doing other things. And now fast forward to my current season, I do not have a newborn anymore. I do still have a toddler, so I have a three-year-old. I can have a shower in the morning if I want. She is able to play by herself. Now, she usually will try to climb in the bathtub. If I turn the shower, she'll try to usually get in there too. But she will, she can color by herself or watch a little show. And so I can get a shower in the morning and makeup. She is still in diapers. I still have kind of the daily grind. But my season does look a little different than it did back then. I can actually wear real clothes. But a lot of times I usually don't until about 2 o'clock in the afternoon. Just because, again, I'm kind of in that same schedule I started a long time ago. Um, But in my current season, my husband is finishing another degree. He's coaching. He also teaches. So he has gone six or sometimes a seven part. He, we don't try to work on Sundays, but sometimes he has to do something Sunday morning before church, but he has gone a good six days in the week with coaching responsibilities or Saturday he'll go and he'll just take a few hours, um, at a coffee shop or something to work on schoolwork for his degree. And he's almost done with his, his degree. He'll be done in July. And this is going to provide him a raise, which will be great. But literally every second of his day is sucked up with something else. And so it provides a huge burden where I've got to keep the household running. I've got to be kind of the mom that, you know, I'm up with the kids, getting them ready for school. And then I'm meeting them after the bus and I'm keeping, you know, I'm doing all the housework during the day, all the cooking. And, you know, sometimes it's extremely suffocating. I literally can't go anywhere because I always have my kids. And, During a particularly stressful day of toddler tantrums, sibling conflict management, you know, housework, just the monotony and the grind, I texted my husband and I said, I feel like I am in prison. Now, don't get me wrong. I love my children. And every time I say I want to get a minute to myself, and then I do, and I miss my kids. I love my kids. That's not what I was saying is I want to escape them, but sometimes 
in serving everyone else, I feel like I've been lost in the shuffle and I feel imprisoned at times by all of the responsibilities I have to do that sometimes I feel like I'm supporting everyone else in pursuing their giftings, their callings, and that I'm kind of lost. And I kind of wonder, you know, what about me? Just because I'm a mom, does that mean I no longer get to have a life at all? So I was kind of musing over some of these thoughts, feeling this way, and I came across Titus 2, 4, and 5, and it was so encouraging. Titus 2 is a passage where it's encouraging godly living for not just young women that are, you know, necessarily moms, but also older women, older men, and young men as well, but it's just talking about Christian conduct. But in Titus 2, 4, and 5, it says women are to love their husbands and children, to be self-controlled and pure, to be busy at home, to be kind, and to be subject to their husbands so that no one will malign the word of God. Elsewhere, we are told that a wife of noble character or a wife who is diligent and capable is of more value than rubies. That's Proverbs 31.10. And her works will bring her praise at the city gate. And that's Proverbs 31.31. And those works are, you know, it does mention in Proverbs 31 some works in the more business sphere for women, but a lot of the tasks that are mentioned in Proverbs 31 are very domestic types of tasks and include the management of one's household. And so these verses tell me, and maybe there'll be an encouragement to you too, that being a mom, whether that's a stay-at-home mom or not, I'm merely speaking from that perspective because I am one, does require sacrifice and hard work. But that work is that which is important and worthy, no matter how pointless or unimportant it feels at times. And not every mom, I just want to clarify, not every mom is called to stay at home with her kids. So in Proverbs 31, which I just mentioned, we do see a woman who is not only engaged in domestic duties, but she does engage herself in business affairs as well. And we also see depicted elsewhere in scripture, women who do have roles in more of the business sphere. So God calls us individually to certain things. And I don't think that every single woman has to be a stay-at-home mom or every single woman has to do exactly the same thing. But what these verses do tell us is that women do have the unique role of overseeing the affairs of their household, whether or not they hire out the cleaning to someone else, or, you know, they have a nanny for the kids or whatever, that they do have to prioritize their kids and family, whether they work outside the um, home or not, and ensure that their home is running efficiently. And for those of us that God has called us to be stay-at-home moms for this season, that what these verses tell us is that we have value, but not only that, if you look at Titus, when we commit ourselves, whether a stay-at-home mom or mom that works outside the home, when we commit ourselves to being capable and diligent wives, mothers, and homekeepers, we send a clear picture to the world of the gospel lived out. This was kind of an epiphany for me because I often think of my Christian that I'm being a good Christian if I witness to others, if I serve in church. And that's those are really good things that women should do and women are called to do. But also what Titus is telling us in Proverbs 31 is telling us that we um, live, when we live out our Christian um, walk, 
that it means not only witnessing and those kind of things, but it also means what it describes here as far as providing for our families, an inviting environment to live in, serving our children, and, you know, um, by vacuuming floors, washing clothes, or whatever that looks like. Maybe we designated someone else to do that, but just keeping the house running in orderly fashion, teaching our children the principles of the gospel. When we're doing all of those things, that we're in fact giving a picture to others of the gospel lived out. And again, it doesn't mean we have to stay at home as a mom, but for those of us who are stay-at-home moms and we feel like what we're doing is small and unimportant, the Bible is, is assuring us here, no, what we're doing has great value and we're actually giving a picture to others of the message of the gospel when we take care of our families, when we provide that inviting environment for our families to live in, when we ensure that our houses are running efficiently. Again, whether that means that we are working outside the home and you know we're doing that, balancing work and home, or whether we're at home. As moms, when we're doing that, we send a clear picture to the world of the gospel lived out. So I want to just conclude by saying that as a stay-at-home mom, I've had to make a lot of sacrifices, but perhaps what I've given up needed to go because the things that I were, you know, was clinging on to that were making me feel worthy, making me feel important, weren't necessarily things that, that I needed to be important or worthy. I mean, it's great to have a job. It's, it's wonderful to have accolades, but those aren't the things that made me who I am. In John 8, Jesus is challenged by Pharisees who attack his credibility and testimony. And they're basically saying, you know, Jesus, how can you say what you're saying because you don't have witnesses? And Jesus says to them, you judge by human standards. I pass judgment on no one. But if I do judge, my decisions are true because I'm not alone. I stand with the Father who sent me. And that's John 8, 15 and 16. Essentially, Jesus tells them that they are judging him using human reason, faulty perception, and he dismisses their measurement of him because he says the tool by which they're measuring him is faulty. They are, again, using human standards to try to understand him and and um, who he is, and they're not accepting his true identity as the Messiah. So Jesus wasn't distracted from his missions by these com- comments because he always used an accurate ruler. I mean, he says, if I do judge, my decisions are true because I'm not alone. I stand with the Father. He's saying, you know, if he does have to make assessments, that he does so correctly because he's using um, everything. He's using uh, perceptions that are in line with the Father. And so similarly, I was looking at that and thinking, you know, often I think when we... I know for me, when I'm judging myself as a stay-at-home mom, I often am using a faulty ruler. I'm using what others have said about me. I'm using others' expectations or my own expectations or the culture's standards. And I'm assuming that I have no value because I don't do X, Y, and Z. But if I truly am assessing what I'm doing according to the Word of God, I see that those things that I find myself getting down about because I think they don't have value are things that are actually quite 
valuable. And so, you know, similarly, if you're in a place where you just are thinking you have no value, you're saying to yourself, I'm nothing. All I do is vacuum floors and change diapers. It's saying, you know what? If that is the role God has you for in this season, there is value in that. And you are actually giving a clear message to others about the gospel lived out. And so, you know, now I know that sometimes I'm like, okay, when, when can I get back to working outside the home? Um, but instead I can be looking at Titus two and saying, okay, am I being kind? Am I being loving to my children? Am I being chaste? Am I being submissive? Am I exhibiting the gospel? And I can let this place that sometimes feels a little like a prison work out those traits in me and work on those instead of fixating on simply getting out of this season or simply escaping, you know, the, the restrictions sometimes I feel in this season saying, okay, you know, God does see that I have value. It may not be the easiest season, but it's not going to be forever. There, there will be a point where most likely I do go back to working outside the home, not necessarily in the teaching realm. Um, but you know, those times that I am getting off track, I can say, okay, what's the ruler I'm using to evaluate myself? And is it God's ruler or is it just one I've simply made up? So hopefully that's an encouragement to you too. Let's just go ahead and pray. Dear Lord, you know that our jobs as moms, whether we're a stay-at-home mom or a mom that works outside the home, you know those jobs, you know that job's tough. And yet in your word, you say that a woman has great value um, when she takes care of her home, when she takes care of her children, when she loves her husband, when she controls herself and acts in a way worthy of the gospel, that she's actually sending a very clear picture to others of the gospel lived out. So Lord, in those moments, if you have called us to a season of mothering our small children and we are getting down because of the monotony, the grind, the um, lack of thanks for what we do, Lord, that we can look to you and your word and we can see how much value you place on mothers who are willing to sacrifice themselves for the good of their families that no Lord, that doesn't mean that they can't ever do anything else. It doesn't mean that they aren't called to witness for you or they aren't given gifts to serve others in your kingdom. But Lord, if they're in a season where their primary role at the time is to be watching their children and to be looking after their home, Lord, to just encourage them and to know that what they're doing has value, that, um, it tells us also in Proverbs that they're um, children will, will, um, call their mother blessed when they're older and Lord. So those things that others may dismiss as pointless, maybe even our heads, we think what we do is pointless. You're saying that no, um, we have great value. Um, when we take care of our homes, our children, our husbands, according to the guidelines in your word that we honor you and we show a clear picture to others of, your your son Jesus Christ and the love he showed us by laying his life down for others so help us be lord if we're struggling if we're resisting this season right now help us to submit and say you know what lord i'm just going to do this as long as you want me to help me to find joy and contentment in this and um or if we're struggling to know you know if if it's time to go back to work or whatever help us to just have clarity lord and to not try to get out of the season before it's it's time and really just look to you 
for our worth and value instead of a career or a job or some other status. In Jesus' name, amen.